Welcome back to the Sacred Penning Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Ray. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, international best-selling author, and a transformative soul journaling practitioner. I've experienced and taught the power of this sacred practice for 24 years and journaled since the age of eight. Every Wednesday, we provide somatic, meditative inspiration and spirit-led prompts to pen your way to brighter days. Let's activate energetic discoveries together. It's all at your fingertips. Ready to get gritty? Let's dip in. Welcome back to the Joyful Journaling Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Ray. Thank you for continuing to join us on this summer sojourn. This week, I will be reading from Chapter 4, Exit Strategy 2021 in my book that was published in January, Embodying Joy, A Heart Journal, a memoir with journal space for body, mind, and spirit health. For our usual summer format, I will read the chapter and then there is a journal entry that you'll be able to engage with. I do provide a meditative journal prompt and then if you'd like to extend your journal time, I also have a playlist. I have a playlist on Spotify, and today's track is number six, Still, Still, Still. You can enjoy either the meditative journaling song that I provide by Masood Taj, or add on to that journal time with the Spotify playlist. Thanks again for joining us. This is one of the most vulnerable chapters in the book. I learned about the art of vulnerability through Bernie Brown's teachings. I believe that through being vulnerable, especially in discussing our mental health, we are able to understand how to get to the other side, to wholeness, to health, to healing. Mental health is not something that should be a stigma or that anybody should be ashamed of. We work through it by supporting one another and doing the work ourselves to get to the other side which of course is joy. Without further ado, Chapter 4, Exit Strategy 2021. When it comes to a point where you can't translate the echoes, no less the words which once rolled freely from your heart, when no matter how high you turn up the volume, you can't decipher a single note of the symphony you once deemed your soul, you know it's time to go. But where can one go on Christmas Eve's Eve? in a tiny northern New York town. I grabbed a bag with my journal, pen, and a water bottle. The only thing I knew of open was a nearby 7-Eleven. I couldn't do it there. Where else? I walked into the convenience store and finalized my plan. Advil PM should do it. Take enough of this, and I'll drift off to sleep in an empty lot somewhere. Teaching had taken everything out of me the past two years. I was completely over people constantly dying, and we had nothing to show it was the holidays other than our Christmas tree. With negative $500 in the bank account, no one was receiving gifts this year. The shouting had been a constant for weeks, stressed to the max, one of us laid off and one of us working 80 hours a week. Many around the world were just like us in a COVID employment flux unsure if customers were coming or staying home. I'd certainly had enough of everything. 
This year, the tree was our gift. I find it ironic that my handsome son still found the joy I could not. Two thumbs up foes right in front of the said tree. His smile was a gift too, looking back now. My husband kept texting me, angry that I had left the house. He eventually went to bed. My son ignored my text, saying I had gone for a drive and to apologize for the yelling his stepfather and I had engaged in. He was a teenager, after all, and it was growing late. I drove to a nearby city, scoping out the perfect sights. Where would they find me? Instead, I ended up at another 7-Eleven, this time to grab a snack. There had been so much screaming and drama in our living room, I'd clearly forgotten to eat that night, or not enough. He had spit in my face over frustration with our finances. Drinking made a monster out of him, in his despair again. He'd had enough. No wonder I was peckish, as it was already 1 a.m. Indecisive on my final resting place, I drove yet some more. The only other place open, preparing for Christmas Eve, was Walmart. I pulled into the lot and sat in my freezing car in the shadow of Mount Snow Plow Drift, where the plows pile all the snow from the lot. It was now approaching 2.30 a.m., the night before Santa flies to our tiny college town. This Walmart must not have a budget for security, and the local police must have had other things to attend to this early December morn. Quietly, I turned the radio to a frequency I recognized, an angelic choir singing sacred choral lessons and carols. Thank heavens for free and public radio in the middle of the night. I stared at the wheel and wailed. I cried and screamed and cried some more. I had been at this juncture before at the age of 14. How could I, who lived to save everyone else, not be here to save myself? Some role model, some mother, some wife, some person of faith, someone hurting badly. Thank God for the National Suicide Hotline and those precious voices singing carols over the free radio. I'm fairly certain the young woman on the other end was fairly new at her job. She was sweet, nervous, quiet. She also granted me exactly 30 minutes to evaluate I was, quote, not going through with it, end quote, and went on to other callers. I didn't meet the quota, the legit crit necessary, to stay on the line any longer, I gathered. In the eyes of our national hotline expertise, I was, quote, no longer a threat to myself or others, end quote. I was, though. A statistic. Researchers at Boston University found that depression rates among adults rose from 8.5% in early 2020 to 32.8% in late 2021, quote, affecting one in every three American adults, end quote. Of course I was one in that number. For the past four years had been jam-packed with personal trauma, death, loss, and change for myself, my husband, and my family. How could I leave them with this too? But now what? How do you face Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, without a gift in the house and no money to buy them? How would I face a job I could no longer stomach, stealing approximately 80 hours of my life a week? How could I get rid of a sinus infection and migraine headaches that had plagued me for two solid months straight? with no end in sight. 
steroids taking their heavy toll on me. I knew one thing for sure, though. It was time to see my doctor. Time to return to prayer. And when it got so cold, I could no longer feel my feet, even with the car on. I took a deep breath and drove my car home. Out of nowhere, my cousin in California, who I had not seen since my mother passed away two years before, blessed us as a family and gifted us some money the very next day. We would have a warm and wonderful Christmas meal. We ordered gifts for my son on Amazon, and they came before New Year's Day. Those few days between December 23rd and December 30th, when I saw my doctor, were some of the most bittersweet that I can recall. I was in my own purgatory, all identities stripped away. I was willing to let down my roles for a while and carry the burden of me, all of me. I would show up from now on, unwilling to take one more day of doing anything out of alignment with my integrity or what I had left of it. Quote, pillar of the community, teacher, mentor, advisor, wife, mother, breadwinner. I was done carrying any title and could barely handle the title of me. I had only been this ill a handful of times before, but a sinus infection that wouldn't quit nor heal for two months straight, migraines, indigestion, memory loss, brain fog, and feeling worthless. It all came out as I cried so hard I shook. I had a wad of tissues the size of a football in the palms of my quivering hands, and she listened. She listened to it all. After two rounds of antibiotics and steroids, and now this. It was time for a different plan. Thank God for my nurse practitioner. Broken, I entered the house, doctor's note in hand, medical leave until February 2nd, right before my birthday. Happy New Year to me. My body, mind, heart, and soul sighed a huge, releasing breath. My ego, or rather any self-esteem left, lay swept up in pieces on the kitchen floor. I opened a new journal a girlfriend had given me a few weeks earlier and wrote, The first brave step I'd taken in weeks, an inner goddess journal, printed all the way in New Zealand. I wasn't feeling like a goddess, but I remembered her. Perhaps there was a chance of sojourning with her my goddess self, again. There was no exit strategy stage left this time around. I would enter again, new lines, new part, shield maiden to my heart, this time laying her weapons down. I surrendered. Time to open my heart versus protect it. Let's ground ourselves and prepare for journaling. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Journal Prompt 5 Find a quiet place to sit. Ground your feet to the earth. Place both hands on your chest flat, fingertip to fingertip. 
Feel your hands rise and fall with your chest as you breathe. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. There's no exit strategy other than going through your breath. As long as you feel the rise and fall within your chest, you still have a part to play. No one else can play your unique part. Shakespeare once shared, quote, all the world's a stage, end quote. But I beg to disagree that we are, quote, merely players, end quote. We aren't merely anything. We are the writers, producers, and set designers of our own script. I have a tiny plaque that I received from a friend when my son was about five years old that reads, quote, Life is a fairy tale written by God's fingers, end quote. God's part in my story, once upon a time, our part in the story, picking up the dang pen to choose the rest, and rest in God for the progress. What a gift life is. We open it with breath and close it, returning the pen to the well. Breathe in. Breathe out. Peace over chaos. Pause over pathos. Choose life. Was there ever a time you felt your well had run out of ink, your lungs out of air? What led up to that feeling? Today's journal prompt. Was there ever a time you felt your well had run out of ink, your lungs had run out of air? What led you to that feeling? And how can you ensure your fluid and oxygenated story leaves you feeling the hero of your own tale? Breathe in. Breathe out. Be present, be you, write you, right now. Take five minutes with Masood Taj's beautiful unconditional love track or extend your journaling time with our Spotify playlist. Again, today's track on the Spotify playlist to extend your journaling time is number six, Still, Still, Still. Joyful journaling to you. We'll be back in five.
did you discover thinking about the prompt? Was there ever a time you felt your well had run out of ink, your lungs had run out of air? What led you up to that feeling? And how can you ensure your fluid and oxygenated story leaves you feeling the hero of your own tale? What did you discover? 
about yourself. I hope that today's vulnerability may have encouraged you to be vulnerable yourself or to be there for a friend when they start going downhill. You notice that they need a friend and possibly the S word comes up, contemplation of suicide. Thank goodness that I had faith. Thank God that I had his provision for peace during an evening that I didn't know what else to do. When you burn the candle at both ends and you feel like you're left with nothing, remember to reach out. There is always somebody there for you. There is always the hand of God waiting to pull you through. Thank you for joining us today and for digging in, getting ready with it, and journaling to the other side, which is, of course, joy. Until next week, joyful journaling to you. Have a good one.